Now don't be scared. I'm a doctor. Where am I? A special laboratory in Nevada. We brought you here. You're sick. In a true biological crisis, which our exploration of space could bring about, the present lunar receiving laboratory might prove inadequate. I therefore urge the establishment of a facility to deal specifically with an extraterrestrial form of life. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Take Me to Your Reader, discussing adapted science fiction at its best and worst. I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Colin. And this time we are going to be talking about Michael Crichton's The Andromeda Strain from 1960-something. Ocho. 1968? I believe. Okay. The book was adapted into a film in 1971. Yeah. Nailed it the first time. No question. That's what she said. And then it was subsequently adapted into an, was it A&E? Yes. Miniseries in 2008. Right. So we're going to talk about all of that. But I wanted to talk about Michael Crichton. We haven't done Crichton since Jurassic Park. Jurassic. Did we do Timeline first? I think we. I think we did Timeline first. It was our first requested title. Okay. And then... Yeah, then we so. did Jurassic Park. I tallied up. I have read 18 Michael Crichton books. Wow. <laughs> so, 19 <laughs> if you count The Andromeda Evolution, which you probably shouldn't. No. Right. Mm. Nah. Although his name gets top billing, so. It's true. You guys have also read quite a number of Crichtons, although we were we were reading See? them off the other day, and I was like, yep, I've read that. And <laughs> I think I only like, made nope. it for like six or something. Yeah. <laughs> but how about previous experience with The Andromeda Strain? James, any previous experience with The Andromeda Strain? Nope. I probably would have read it in the 80s, maybe the early 90s, and saw the movie because, you know, it was syndicated on TV for a long, long time in the 80s, so. Mm -hmm. I had never seen the movie. I had seen the miniseries before. I read the book summer of 1995, maybe. Maybe it was 1996. Um, My sister had a shelf of Crichton books, and I just kept going back and taking one. And so, (laughs) so I read Sphere, The Andromeda Strain, The Terminal Man. Congo, Jurassic Park. Uh, I said Sphere already, right? Eaters of the Dead. <laughs> Eaters of the Dead. And there was one other. I remember reading seven of them. I just can't remember what the other one was. Um, but uh, Great yeah. Train Robbery? It was the Great Train Robbery. How yes. about that? Yeah. It's too bad those movies weren't awesome. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, the Great Train Robbery? No, I'm thinking Congo and Sphere. Congo, oh, okay. <laughs> Congo could use a re-adaptation. <laughs> yeah. 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 So really, we have a lot of individual and collective experience with Crichton, which makes us mm-hmm. eminently uh, able to talk about his works and their adaptations. Yes. Yeah, so, Your Honor, we, we tender ourselves as expert witnesses. So yep. moved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the book. Should uh, we talk about the story? Oh, yes. We do need to talk about right. the story. I'm going to give you the brief and yet knowledgeable Mr. James Ralston for that task. Otherwise, I'll talk for 10 more minutes. Fair enough. All right. So the story... There is a uh, an initiative, I guess, launched by NASA in conjunction with other government agencies to recover space debris and analyze it for various reasons, depending depending on what agency you are. Um, and there's contingencies in place for what the various uh, recovered material might be. Put it that way. Come think of it. I'm not sure. In the well, anyway, that's it. That's about the common bit. Anyway, and so that's how it starts, I suppose. And then uh, there, one of these missions goes awry. The satellite collecting stuff lands on Earth. Not in Piedmont. In, not in, in a town called Piedmont. That's true. That's true. In various called, states. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in a town called Piedmont, Piedmont, killing the entire town except for one man and a baby. Not even consistent what the gender of the baby is. So. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't even notice that. Yeah. So that's a, 
It, it goes awry after that, so I don't know. Right. Well, and then the scientists study it to try yeah. and discover what is right. the Andromeda uh, strain. I guess the, the crash and the uh, the um, detection of the str- of the, the strain by government agencies triggers a protocol known as wildfire. Right. Set up by Mr. Jeremy Stone eons ago. Not eons ago, but whatever. In a super secure sterile laboratory, which is insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't even... They never actually said where it was in the... Uh, miniseries huh i thought it was in colorado springs i thought it was like norad no they mentioned NORAD. no because yeah oh no no it's in nevada yeah captain holt was like and this goes location yeah yeah okay in the book it's in nevada though. yeah and the book is nevada and the yeah. movie is nevada too right yeah yeah because that's a specific part where the guy wakes up and he's like you're in nevada sir mm-hmm. yeah. anyway um that deviates from the story yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> So basically, from there they've discovered the they discover the Andromeda strain. They classify it, try and um, figure out its weaknesses and strengths. And uh, there's a series of human there's a failures. series of human failures that cause a kind of a catastrophic failure of the laboratory, and it almost goes boom. it almost goes boom. But they <laughs> stop that. Actually, so a lot of it's actually pretty consistent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the interesting thing here is that the yeah. sometimes it's pretty difficult to pull out the common thread mm-hmm. between everything. But here we have yeah, two adaptations that strong. cover a lot of it. Yeah. So it's just it's a varying of, degrees. Is yeah. All. It's it's yeah. a matter of the execution of them. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is. But this, they end up saving the day. You know, they don't get yeah. nuked. And uh, how exactly did it end? It doesn't really. <laughs> yeah. No, it doesn't really end. Yeah. <laughs> well, it does. It does end in in. Well, the well, they, actually, all three of them do end differently, though. Mm-hmm. Actually. The ending of the book is different than the ending of the movie, which is different right. than the ending of the miniseries. At least slightly different. Yeah. So. I guess we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, we will get to that. So th- you said this is your first time reading the book, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what did you think? I like the book. It's very Crichton. <laughs> it is very Crichton. I, I, there's there plenty of parts in that book where I thought the show was real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's – so that's the trick with Crichton, right, is that's what he does, is he tries yeah. to, to say – Here's this thing that's happening in the real world, or could happen in the real world, and then he just just mm-hmm. just turns it a little bit, yeah, from science. It very into much fiction. sounded like you're reading a case study of an actual event that occurred. Yeah. Like, de- a declassified government documents fifty yeah. years later. That's yeah. the way he presents it. Yeah, yeah. 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 And you've seen real government cool. documents, and so that would be kind of familiar yeah. to you, James. It's true. <laughs> it very much read like yeah, a lot of stuff like that from the military, <laughs> only without stuff redacted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Although and there were there were a couple of things redacted in, in one or two places. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we should probably point out that Michael Crichton is considered the father of the techno thriller. Yes. And since I'm a huge fan yeah. of The Martian, I mean, you know, Crichton books hit me just right mm-hmm. in yep. the right kind of reading place. Right. Yep. It was so good to reread that again. Yeah. He wrote this one while he was still in medical school. That blows me away. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, that's very cool. Which I want to talk to Daniel H. Wilson. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we're we're going to release that episode first, so it'll probably come up on there, or probably came up on there, um, because I think he wrote How to Survive a Robot Uprising while he was still in school as well. I thought wow. he started Robopocalypse while he was still in school. How to Survive a Robot Uprising. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, all right. Which was like the- Did the, that more The nonfiction version. Or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're talking about a book that was written in the nineteen late 1960s. Mm-hmm. Compared to today's technology, in which we are immersed mm-hmm. and involved, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's very, very different. Were you yeah. off-put by, you know- ASCII displays and print-offs and <laughs> fixed-fixed font and, you know. <laughs> a, a little bit. And and for me, 
part of it was I was reading it in electronic format, and and you were too as well, right? Yeah. Some of those things don't render mm-hmm. very well on on an e-reader. They look better on a page, but. Right. I didn't mind that so much. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't so much off of it just because I knew the time, the era in which it was made, right? The technology at the yeah. time was, you know, was state of the art back then. You know? Yeah, it yeah. was. So or, it's fair enough. Yeah. And I don't have a whole lot of, well, I guess zero biological background. So all that stuff is new to me anyway. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. I believe you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I took biology in 1988 yeah. in high school. 1986. I did chemistry in college. I'm sure biology has completely changed <laughs> since then. It's been, you know, 33 years. Yeah. Probably dumped all that Darwin crap. Oh, yeah. Genes, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, I had a lot of nostalgia. Yeah. You know, when I started, I, I uh, on my Facebook page, I realized I've been mistyping a word since 1983. And it, instead of writing the word function, I write functino. And oh, I still do it. I thought you were going to say nuclear. No. <laughs> nuclear. Uh so yeah, I had a bunch of nostalgia about this. Like, yeah, this is really kind of cool. I used to make, you know, ASCII interfaces to programs for people to mm-hmm. use. And- mm-hmm. Although there was one thing, so we brought up the biological thing, and there's a part, I know I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm just, because I'm thinking about it right now, I want to say it. Okay. <laughs> in the miniseries, there's a part where one of the, um, the, the girl that was in that pseudo relationship with Jeremy Stone, mm-hmm. um, she was like, there's no proteins or amino acids. And I'm right. like, Proteins are amino acids. <laughs> well, proteins are built of amino acids. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you it, don't really say proteins or, yeah, okay, anyway. No, no, it's, 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 there's, there's no precursor or, you know, she, she was going in descending order, right? There's yes. no proteins. Yeah. Not only that, there's no amino acids. Yeah. Okay. So, there's no pizza or beer. Right. If you started with there's no amino acids, then no proteins would right. follow logically, right? I think yeah. that's what she said, though. I thought she said there was no amino acids or proteins. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well. That's the part that got me. I'm like... Yeah, some of the rest. Some yeah, if you don't have... Yeah. Amino, you obviously don't have proteins if you don't have amino acids. Yeah. Duh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So, this is a... It's a very quick read, this book. Yeah. Not really that much happens, because yeah. it takes place over the course of just three or four days, five days. Yeah. Right. And so, so it's definitely a brisk read. There's there's a lot of sort of techno babble that sometimes I don't enjoy, but I feel like this one it's such a short book that like you you can hardly get bogged down in it. There were a few times where it was mm-hmm. a big list of figures, and I was I was like, and then the prose is going to tell me what that means, so I'm skipping yes. this. Right? Um, yeah, yeah. I did the same thing. <laughs> this <laughs> is the spectrographic signature of Andromeda. Right. Right. This is this. This is this. Here are the growth patterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It has none of these. This big list of things. <laughs> yeah. I could say it's all zeros. So I, I'm still stuck on that binary thing. When the guy needs to call in the wildfire thing, and he has to dial 87, but in binary, and he dials it, from my perspective, backwards. Because if I if I, if I I type 87 into a calculator and convert it to binary, it's the exact opposite of what he types So you're, you're a big Indian? I think so. <laughs> we even sat, in, I think we were having lunch one day, and we argued about big Indian right. if it was at the byte level or the bit level. Mm-hmm, and I had right. thought, I think I work on systems where it's both, where they flip the entire word around and yeah. you feed it in LSB first. Yeah, because I've definitely seen seen it where it's it's byte level, but then inside the bytes, it's it's in bit order correctly. Wow. So, yeah. of course, and when, when I initially saw it, I was like, 87, oh, I, I, and I converted it to BCD. So, I, <laughs> I, would have typed it, I would have typed it differently that way, too. So, that's the thing. Like, if you have to type it in binary, you'd need to know, are we talking binary coded dec- decimal? Are mm-hmm. we talking... Um, no, that's what you're saying. Yeah, little Indian or big Indian. Yeah, yep. So, but he got it the first try. So, yes. Well, and you know, whatever mnemonic he needed to to know, it worked for him. Yeah. So, right. 
the one thing I wrote down here is it's a very compelling narrative, but there's probably a little too much dossier <laughs> information for each character. I feel like some of it could have gotten sprinkled in, mm-hmm. not in one big chunk. It reminded me a little of Contact. There's just mm-hmm. not as many mm-hmm. characters, and so I didn't didn't really bother. Yeah, you do spend your time mostly with the big five, mm-hmm. and then really mainly with uh, Mark Hall, the Doctor. Yeah, yeah, the MD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the odd man hypothesis? I was wondering. I was surprised that the 2008 movie kept it because I thought, is it sexist? <laughs> the the idea that the Emily person, so. yeah, the person who will make the most logical decision about aborting the atomic well, the, the clean problem, function. The way they did it with the 2008 miniseries is that there was multiple single males there. Hall wasn't the only one, or the guy they chose was the only Hall wasn't in the movie. But. Well, no, yeah, Stone was married. Because you had the guy, the blonde dude that was the guy, mm-hmm. and then you had the Asian dude. Daniel yes. Day Kim. Yeah. yeah, it could have been him. Why we not? We him? don't know that. He no, was no, he could have been him because he was an ex-Chinese weapons scientist. But that, that wasn't the basis of the odd man theory. The odd man theory is an unmarried male, unmarried American male. Well, yeah, <laughs> unmarried white American male. <laughs> yeah. So that that we didn't need the- to specify that back in the sixties. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> But that, that was my problem with the odd man theory for the miniseries. Was mm-hmm. it, there was a couple odd men out. So it could okay. have been either of them. And then, of course, they picked the white guy and Emily's like, bah! <laughs> okay, I'm going to Google the odd man hypothesis right now and just see if it's a real thing. It's not. Oh, it isn't? No. Did you look? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's the thing about Crichton, though, right? There is, yeah, he, boy, he is so good at telling you things and mm-hmm. convincing you that they're real. In fact, uh, Right. At the end of the book, there's this, this extended <laughs> bibliography of all these things. Mm-hmm. And when the guy, uh, when uh, I just, I think his last name is Nelson, Nelson Gettings, who was the screenwriter for the 1971 movie, he went to go look up some of these references. They're all fake. <laughs> Every reference in that thing is completely fake, including the messenger theory. That's really? Awesome. Yes. Really? I tried to find the messenger theory. I Googled it by oh. name. I Googled it by the name and the author. Everything points back legit, to the though. Andromeda strain. <laughs> that was the next thing on my list that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. I actually yeah. like the messenger. I think it makes sense. Well, and it, it, whether I'm almost positive he came up with it. It may yeah. have been in other science fiction earlier, right. but there was a book that, that Seth and I have both read by Robert Charles Wilson called The Spin, which has. Yeah, it's you on, did. No, it's on the list. It's on the list? Mm hmm. You've had it for 20 years. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have a lot of books, Colin. <laughs> I guess. I thought we read it and talked about it. No, I, I remember and... it was one of the Tor.com free ebooks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I never have read it. But it's a Hugo <laughs> winner, so I will get to it eventually. Okay. Huh. Uh, in that book, very similarly, there is uh, artificial life that is sent to spread throughout the universe, mm-hmm. you know, growing and disseminating yeah. as Andromeda had. And to be honest, I had thought the, that that was just one plausible reason. That it wasn't the actual reason for Andromeda. But mm. I have since come to reconsider that. Well, yeah, I do want to talk about this, about what the book sets down as canon. Because I feel like there's a lot of speculation by the people in the book. Yeah. And then the pe- people in the sequels, where you're like, can you take that as gospel? Or is it just, this is the speculations of smart people. They may be right, but they may be wrong. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to do an okay. adaptation of it, you don't necessarily have to stick to what their speculations were. Yes. You, you could decide, oh, this is what it's going to be. And and we'll talk about that. I'm sure we talked about that on the on the sequel discussion with Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> if that never if that doesn't work out, these references are going to be weird. Yeah. Yeah. Messenger theory. Well, why don't you, what is messenger theory? Right. Right. So uh, according to the book, that Colin is. Colin can correct me if I get it wrong. Okay. If I misquote it. But uh, you're wrong. 
Damn it. <laughs> I'll try I think again. basically the uh, some alien race or species, extraterrestrial species will send a self-replicating vehicle out into space to mm-hmm. traverse the cosmos because it's too expensive or it's not what's well, not feasible for any one person to try and travel across space. Rather, a uh, a self-replicating mechanism like the Andromeda strain to do so, to make contact with other intelligent species. Right. And I guess based on the assumption that if you can discover Andromeda and figure out what it is and keep it from killing you, you're intelligent enough to communicate with these people. That, that's one of the theories. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's the, the theory. Yeah. Um, it's sort of to add, call message in a bottle writ large, right? Sent yeah. sent out, replicated and sent out to every place. Right. Yeah. Uh, the I think the the key phrase that I think you just omitted was the idea that you use biology instead of technology to communicate. Right. Yeah. yeah. So and I, yeah, I, think I was gonna say yeah, yeah, you take advantage of natural forces in the universe versus radio waves or mm-hmm. light or mm-hmm. I mean I guess yeah. you have if you have two black holes and you can knock them together in a certain pattern so that gravity detectors will find it mm-hmm. way far away then you're good yeah. like like <laughs> yeah. my only my only problem with the messenger theory though was for the people sending it like how long do you wait <laughs> oh you, well like, you know, what's the point I guess yeah by, rapid biological replication still takes a while yeah and when you get to a planet you have to wait for something to hit that planet and then right. spread particles elsewhere yep. and then i'm not exactly sure how you get outside of solar systems yeah but that's what that's yeah. what i ultimately came through this is when i was reading the andromeda strain when mm-hmm. they first started explaining this like okay this makes sense the biological replication thing using biology versus technology mm-hmm. but it's still going to take forever What's the point? Yeah, and that, that's the part of it that I was wondering. It's like, how is the person sending the yeah. message getting anything back? And I'm not sure they are actually. I think then then they would they would yeah. come along and you know it's find. like they're following the trail and then yeah. seeing what breadcrumbs people picked up or something. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Although although the Andromeda evolution puts yeah, a different exactly yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they reminded me of the Expanse a little bit. Yeah. Evolution answers that question you yeah. just asked. Yes. <laughs> Which actually kind of like that. That was kind of cool. Leaves it open for another Andromeda invasion mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. So the the parts of this book, there's essentially the discovery of what happened in Piedmont. And it, is it Piedmont? Mm-hmm. Is it New Mexico in the book? Or Arizona. Arizona. Arizona in the book. Okay. And the movie. Was it? Okay. I thought yeah. one of them was New Mexico. No. Nope. That it was different in everything, but yeah, always it was, Piedmont. It was Arizona mm-hmm. in the book, in the movie, in Utah. In, right. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, the discovery of, of what happened there is very cool, very eerie, right? Where people just die very suddenly right. and apparently painlessly according to the book but not the 2008 series yes um, it looks right. like they're getting a traveler coming through in the yeah. series. <laughs> <laughs> that's where that started yeah okay. what do you um, think of the classification of the andromeda strain like how it actually got its name <laughs> well the, 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 they just submit yeah, in, yeah on teletype yeah, yeah, yeah. to for uh, <laughs> i totally thought that was funny um i hate the way they did it in the miniseries but um that they just named it yeah yeah um, no, I, I, there's probably a protocol like that in place where if you're classifying something, yeah, that I just think it's like the the coincidence that it's naming it something, it's naming it after our closest galaxy. <laughs> yeah, oh, I thought you were going to say they named it after the book. Oh, right, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's a roll credits moment in the book, breaking the fourth wall for sure. There, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No, I know because going into the book. I assumed that it got named the Andromeda strain because it's extraterrestrial and Andromeda's our closest galaxy. So in theory, it 
could have come from could have come from there right but absolutely no way <laughs> it just yeah. named it based on the next there's never any, even any mention about no, the Andromeda yeah, galaxy exactly. that's the funny thing that's, the, that's yeah. what I thought was funny so I like, was like oh people damn. who don't know anything about astronomy <laughs> might not ever even pick up that connection right mm-hmm. yeah like oh that galaxy's named that I just thought it was really funny because I went into it with that pre preconception. I think they named it after the series, the television yeah. series. And my preconception never panned out. <laughs> yeah. Well, it rolls better than Large Magellanic Cloud Strain. Right, right. Or right. Local Group Strain. Local Group Strain. <laughs> yes. The Kuiper Belt Strain. I, uh, one thing about Crichton books that I like is that there's usually some human failing that mixes with this technology to cause a big problem. Yes. Mm-hmm. And one of the human failings, because there are several, is that one of the characters has epilepsy. You want to try that again? <laughs> one of the human characters has epilepsy there we go <laughs> and one of the podcasters has a slight lisp <laughs> no he, he was just epilepsy you, you, you were you were crossing over with brave new world he was an epsilon yep. he was an epsilon <laughs> epilepsy <laughs> epileptic epsilon <laughs> we'll, we'll just keep that all in sure <laughs> thanks guys uh, and so the the person who's epileptic is watching all these these lab results flash by and it triggers right. their epilepsy and so they miss a yeah. really vital piece of information which could have affected things you know further on another in the story. thing i hate they, uh, they did that in the miniseries God. <laughs> yeah his epilepsy his epilepsy doesn't show up until the very end and yeah, even it's, then it's, it's kind of like really even consequential no. oh it is that's that's when the fire breaks out right or was it a fire? I can't even remember. Well, that's when the uh, that's when it mutates and breaks down all the plastics and stuff. Right, but I got the impression that there was something he could have done to help with it, but he was incapacitated. I don't think so. Mostly, he just added to the chaos. Mm. I'm pointing at James because he's correct, and I don't want him to pull my finger. Okay, so so anyhow, there's there's the whole discovery of what happened in Piedmont and the discovery of the two survivors, right? And then there's the going back to the wildfire facility. Right. And right. and all the exposition dump about here's here's all the awesomeness of, of wildfire and then it's five levels and each level is is more clean than the previous one right to where they have to you know go through a big thing that scrubs them and then they have to get their outer layers right. of skin burned off except for on their faces which I'm like then why do the other part <laughs> if you're not going to do everything then I don't right. know what the point would be I can tell you why why because it's fast to do the whole body but people are sensitive about their faces so they went they went through an undisclosed cleaning process just for their faces that took longer than doing their whole bodies okay but they're not going to do their eyelids you know, probably i know i don't know i don't know um all the way down to antibacterial suppositories which <laughs> right. would probably really screw up screw up everybody's <laughs> digestion for a long time. Yes. Although yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> then they, they probably had food that was tailored to that with enzymes in it and that kind of stuff so that uh, yeah. they wouldn't have the squirts for a week. Yes. But it's an uh, amino acid, protein, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's a single cell protein. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything the body needs. What was that line from? Yeah, from Matrix, right? <laughs> yeah. That, that's where I was going. Yes. You, you can always trust me to get the line right. <laughs> yeah. If you go online and, and watch YouTube videos, you can find someone talking about how this is not... It's a little. It's a little overreaching. It's it's an episode right. where people are debunking movies dealing with viral and or bacterial infections. Yeah. So they talk about well, you know, here in outbreak that never would have worked, and in wildfire, you don't clean yourself on the way in; you clean everything that's there. Right. Uh, but in the movie, they mention why they go through this process, and it's so they don't bring in anything which would affect the classification process. Sure. And I thought that was you know sufficient yeah, right. explanation. And that's that's a big concern, right? With with any probes that we have that we send to other worlds to collect samples mm-hmm. if we send 
earthborn bacteria or something out there and then they bring it back and it's mutated we might go oh hey look there was life there right in fact it's just earthborn life that and that's one of the i think that's one of the questions about the andromeda strain what is it right is it something that we sent up that Mm -hmm. mutated is it something that came from someplace else i remember that coming up as a possibility and in fact i remembered that this was earthborn bacteria that went up into space mutated was scooped back down and was bad that's that was what my brain remembered of the story Mm. um that's not correct no but but there there's the information there to connect those dots and have your brain make that story. So, yeah. Well, if you believe that there's no life anywhere else in the, in the universe, it right. had to come from here. Yeah. Even though it is completely unlike anything mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. come, that comes from the, the earth. Yeah. We don't have any 100% efficient conversion systems of anything. No. Right. That's why the patent office does not accept patents for perpetual motion devices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they, it's not a thing. One thing with Michael Crichton, that I noticed reading those seven books during the summer was he was never really great with endings. And there's a lot of his books that just sort of mm. like he gets to the last 5% and goes, and we're out. <laughs> and, and this, this one I think is appropriate. And some of his other books, like, like sphere, I feel like that that's the worst ending of a book ever. The terminal man kind of just drops <laughs> off the face of the planet too. Mm. Um, this one, it definitely has that ambiguity of the mm. ending where they're like, well, it's escaped. And seems to not be harmful anymore, and it's and it's it's leaving the atmosphere, right? Because and the evidence is that some satellite almost not harmful deorbits, until right? It's, yeah, is <laughs> well, I don't know if it's leaving the atmosphere because it, we brought it down into the atmosphere from the upper atmosphere. Right. It's right. mute. All we know is, is that it's mutated into a form that destroys plastics and things that are plastic-like. Yeah, mm-hmm. polymers. Yeah, but right. they, but but the, the fact that that satellite comes down makes them think that it's now all that it's left. That it, it was on its way out. I don't or, think so. Or went up into the atmosphere. So maybe I read too much Stephen King, because that's a, also a Stephen King thing in his early books. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, especially in the book, in the movie, in the book Christine. Mm-hmm. So that's about the, the haunted car that kills people. Mm-hmm. They never catch Christine. Right. It just, you know, the people in the story, they, they uh, escape her. Mm-hmm. And she kind of goes off. And then it ends with a newspaper clipping talking about a, a very similarly related murder elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the Andromeda strain, I think, ends with this scary note that says, yeah, you know, we did not destroy the entire planet by uh, blowing up the wildfire module and giving Andromeda enough energy to, you know, colonize the planet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the second form of it, the one that destroys plastics, is still in our atmosphere yeah. and interferes with planes and satellites Shuttles. and other kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because at the very end of the book, they have the, the shuttle event where it disintegrated upon reentry. Yes, when it when it shouldn't have right because it had no ablative heat shield because it yeah. had been pre ablated. It got eaten. Oh, hmm. Okay, at the end of the book, Stone says, "I think we can be fairly confident that the organism will move into the upper up, upper atmosphere without causing further difficulty on the surface." So they they don't think it's down here anymore. So I was I was thinking of it as escaping, but it's just going up in mm. the atmosphere. And right, the Andromeda evolution then picks that up and says, "And it's quarantined us essentially." Right, we don't, we don't want to. Spoil that. Okay, it's a previous episode, so yeah, <laughs> it's weird doing these out of order. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be that way. Well, and while people might be very familiar with the Andromeda strain because the book and the movie have been around for over fifty years, the Andromeda evolution has been out for approximately five days. Yeah, and so you know, uh, it's going to be interesting to maybe do a non-spoilery version when we talk to Mister Wilson and then release that episode first. Yes, <laughs> you mean when we when we will have talked to him since we have spoken to him. <laughs> yes, I'm so confused. I have spoken. Yes. 
So it sounds like general impressions were positive. Yes. I like, I Everyone like the book. book? Yep. yep. Yes. Yeah. I would reread this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I have. Uh, do right. we want to move on then? Talk about the movie from whatever year it was. And I nailed it the first time, I'm sure. 1971. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That was a great year. I was one. Yes. So this is, uh, I was not yet born. So uh, I know because today's my birthday. <laughs> why wouldn't you want to record on your birthday? Everybody wants to record on their yes. birthday. Yep. And as usual, Michael Simshauser was the first person to wish me a happy birthday because nice. <laughs> I, would, I, would, first. I would have been born on November 17th in Australia. Yep. All right. So the movie directed by Robert Wise Starring James Olsen, Arthur Hill, David Wayne, and Kate Reed as the main four people. Yeah. Kate Reed. She was awfully cranky in this movie. I loved her. She was supposed to. <laughs> yeah, she did a great, great job. I think it's a very interesting thing, though, that like we think of gender-flipping roles mm-hmm. as this new thing, you know, mm-hmm. outworking of the Me Too movement. But she's playing Dr. Levitt, who in the book was a man, and here she's a woman. And there's never anything mentioned of it. It's just yeah, this this character is female, and she's as respected as everybody else crankier than everybody else right. oh yeah more <laughs> cranky in some yeah. cases definitely wants a wants a cigarette she has all the good lines like, oh yeah she like does. When, when they go into the wildfire area she's like this would be a great place to grow pot <laughs> and or, or what was the other one? Oh, all the red lights remind me of my days in a bordello yes. <laughs> so that was done by uh the screenwriter oh nice yeah and his mm-hmm. name as if i look at my notes is nelson gettings nice but we have actually seen uh, Robert's Wise work before. We have, yeah. He was in the day the earth stood. St- he did the the day the earth stood still. He was a director. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh. He did. Okay. Ready for this? He did the sound of music. Robert Wise, really? The sound of music <laughs> and the Andromeda Strain and the day the earth stood still and West Side Story. Oh wow! This guy does wow. massive, hmm. you know, that's huge right. things. That's he also did Star Trek there. the motion picture. Nice. That is some interesting breadth. <laughs> yeah. I think David Wayne in this one, the guy who plays Dutton. Hmm. Is uh, he's the main character from one of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes, Escape Clause, where where he makes a deal with the devil to live forever, and then gets bored oh, okay. with his life and starts committing crimes. He pushes his wife off. Or he doesn't push <laughs> oh, her off, but he frightens her Ouch. and she falls off a building. And he's like, "Oh, let's give the electric chair a little whirl," you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets life in prison. So Oops. yeah, yeah, good stuff. Um, so this movie is rated G. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Which is unusual. But it has bare breasts in it and uh, and mm-hmm. butts as well. So Yeah, yeah. The, the movie is definitely a story in uh, – it's very representative of the early 70s, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to see what life was like back then, you know, they don't have cordless phones. They don't have mobile phones. Right. The cars don't have seat belts. <laughs> Pretty much everyone true. smoked everywhere yeah. except yeah. in the wildfire module. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, thing after thing after thing. Mm-hmm. I so the book since the book is written as this sort of declassified document mm-hmm. that that you can read I I like the adaptation of that into a proceedings of the, the uh, Senate yeah, subcommittee like a Senate kind hearing. of thing yeah yeah, yeah. I, I thought yeah, that's the perfect way to yep. take it from a that's document to, to a yeah. you know instead of if this isn't what was written down from that this is yeah. it's oral testimony right and I, thought I think they could have cool. done a maybe I don't know a little bit better in the transition though between. When was present and when it was past, I suppose. Yeah, I didn't mind anything. And nothing stuck out to me that yeah. way. But. And there were a couple of times they did voiceover. And I, that goes well for a testimony. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty unique in its use of, of split screening or, or uh, you know, picture in picture. Oh, yeah. Where you would yeah, go, yeah. you know, they yeah. would, you'd see the characters moving the through an area. Pages. And then <laughs> next to that picture would show, you know, a dead body or a... Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was kind of cool. I like that. One issue I had was uh, at some point a guy says he wants to start an uh, agricultural station in Alaska. And somebody <laughs> says, you a sourdough? And I'm like, sourdough is not typically a, a title that gets bestowed on people when you're when you're in Alaska. If you're born in Alaska, you call yourself a sourdough. Or if you've been there oh. for most of your life. Like, I, I couldn't I couldn't move back and call myself a sourdough anymore because I've been out of Alaska longer yeah. than I've been there. I'd have to be back for a long time before I could take that up again. But you can't just move there and call right. yourself a sourdough. Hmm. You're a chichaco. That's chichaco. <laughs> yeah, and I would I would be like like a chichaco uh, sourdough hybrid. I'm not even sure where that word comes from, actually. But I'm, I'm guessing it's Inuit. It could be. Yeah, Athabascan. Like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, so one of the ways they deal with Andromeda spreading from Piedmont is they decide to kill all the birds. Right, and I was thinking, boy, you know, how lucky we are that bird killing <laughs> gases are all green, and you can easily see them, so you know <laughs> what's going on. Yeah. True enough. I uh, I thought the effects during the decon- decontamination phase were pretty cool. You know, the different lights and stuff. It just it reminded me a little of Logan's Run, but um, very it, retro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's like the book and the movie are are both very much of their time, and so mm-hmm. I don't see them as dated. Yeah. Um. It's just it's set in 1971, so. It's historical in a way. Yeah, it is what it is. And, and maybe that's set up by the fact that you're supposed to be reading a classified document. This is a historical record, mm-hmm. not a story at an unknown time. Right. So I have a question for you. Uh-huh. So they all arrived at the same time at the wildfire station, right? Essentially, yeah. Yeah. So when they were going down through the levels and they got to this... Uh, Pink goo phase? They, they had gotten naked and gone into this room and they were, I think they were getting sterilized and you look at... you. To us, we see them through the view where it's all blue, and then you mm-hmm. see their heat. Yeah, yeah. But there's only three of them. Hmm. Where'd the girl go? Oh, no, no. She, she went to a different... She, she went a different direction. <laughs> you can't show that on screen. Yeah, no. I thought that was yeah. odd, though. I'm like, but she's not there. Where's she No, at that? some point, she did branch off, I thought. Yeah, well, she went to a different... Um, whatchamacallit? The met- automate, automated medical robot, I guess. Robot? Robot. Yeah. yeah. I think they all had individual setups. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. Yeah. I was amused that the suppositories made it into the movie. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. I guess, you know, you have to insert that into a, into the screenplay. Suppositories mm. are fun. No, no. no. <laughs> did you guys know that Michael Crichton had a cameo in the Andromeda Strain? The 1971 not. movie? He did? He did. Who was he? So when Mark Hall is doing, he's going to start to operate on somebody, mm-hmm. there is someone outside the operating room in scrubs, mm-hmm. kind of seated. And he's watching the military people talk to Hall. Hmm. Oh. That's Michael Crichton. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. And he is seated because he is ginormous <laughs> yes. in real life. He's six oh, really? nine. Yeah. Holy crap. He what? is. Well, yes. Yeah. He's wow. passed away. Yes. Dang. Yeah. He was a tall dude. Dang. That's yeah. crazy. Yep. And that is the only only movie made from his stuff where he has a cameo. Nice. I I liked that. I mean, it was a G-rated movie, and so there was the fleeting mm. views of of some body parts, but there were yeah. there were also <laughs> some. Austin Powers levels of nudity avoidance. Right. Where things yeah, the, just the camera barely, when yeah. Paul was on the table. Yep. <laughs> yes. On the body analyzer. Uh-huh. Analyzer. <laughs> so what do you think of the, the sound effects of the 1971 film? <gasps> Especially in the wildfire facility. I didn't have Holy any particular... I didn't, I didn't notice them particularly. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Leaping and blinking and... Well, there must have been like... 20 minutes of continuous well especially at the end where the where the alarm is going off because the facility's been compromised I think this was even before that it was just like 
mechanical sounds and whirring and whining. Yeah. Because we we had I I guess we probably had it up kind of loud too because we had a hard time hearing some of the dialogue, mm-hmm. um, but we totally missed the timer on our freaking dinner. <laughs> <laughs> you left something in the oven too long. Yep, <laughs> that's awesome. Because <laughs> the timer on the microwave sounds just like the beeping of the movie. <laughs> nice. I think it was so so. Uh, engaging and enrapturing that they just completely missed it it's like oh, i could do that but too. i'm not actually gonna do anything so i gotta know are they gonna make yeah. it well the worst part is i actually got up to go check it because emily was like i'm hungry and i'm like you know i'm hungry too this would be done already because we're we're getting towards the end of the movie and it's you know to our movie yeah and the thing is only supposed to be in the oven for an hour <laughs> so <laughs> i go and check it and i look at the time on the microwave and it was it was five thirty nine, <laughs> and that's when we were watching the movie. But I thought that because we didn't that hear meant the, five minutes and thirty nine seconds. We didn't hear the timer left. go off, so I thought there were still five minutes and thirty nine <laughs> seconds left on the timer. So I went back to the couch, <laughs> and then I thought about. It, I'm like, oh crap! <laughs> I went back and like it's not counting down. <laughs> yeah, I've done that before on my, my pressure cooker where I look at it and it's like three minutes and mm-hmm. I missed it finishing. Right, and then it just starts to count up. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So Andromeda Strain ruined your dinner. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so in, in the book, sorry, in the movie, they sort of close out the story a little more than in the book where they're like, uh, you know, the ocean is nice and alkaline. So if we can sink it in the ocean. Right. If we if we can bring it down into into the water, then, yeah. then it'll be good. Yeah. Seed in right. the clouds and sink yeah. it to the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not sure about it. Right. 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 And then the, the ending sequence is kind of famous where it shows you the 602. 601. 601? 601, yeah. 601 error. I, I didn't get the reference. The 601 error is a computing, it's a simulated computing error, which mm-hmm. means too much memory is being consumed by the system. Right. They they oh. they got it during the movie when they're feeding too much information into the computer. <laughs> well, yeah, they're, they're uh, the it's frame. simulating the growth pattern. Yeah. And it shows that it just explodes. It, yep. it grows exponentially. Okay. So I was saying we might still be screwed. Yes. Yeah. Which is nice because that's a nod back to the book, right? Yeah. You just, you don't know mm-hmm. if you're done. Or um, has Andromeda invaded the computer core and become sentient? Dun, dun, dun. Maybe. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> well, that's something they bring up in the book that doesn't really come up in the nice. movie so much. Mm-hmm. It, there's a sequence where Dutton talks mm-hmm. about it with his students saying, now we're going to imagine what happens if... Life was microbial in size. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a nod back. Intelligent mm-hmm. life. Because then I guess there's also the me- the point where they say, you know, ethically, can we destroy Andromeda because we don't know what it is? Right. Yes, because it threatens our own civilization. Situational ethics. So did we all like the movie? <laughs> Emily was not a huge fan of the movie. Yeah, no, she uh, not a huge fan of the sounds. Okay. <laughs> And the 1970 quality of cinema. Nice. <laughs> I kind of dug the movie. It, but it, I liked it, though. It had a, it what, 7.2 on IMDb? Mm-hmm. Which is pretty solid. I thought it was yeah. decent for what it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've, we've definitely done far worse, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even recently. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, speaking of doing far worse, no. Uh, no, no, no. So, yeah, I liked it, too. Okay. I think it's a great example of how you can take something canonically and have it turn out really well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the 2008 movie, you can take something pretty canonically and make it not so great. We're going to have to have that talk. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yes. Well, so th- this is what I want to say about the 2008 <laughs> miniseries. This is starring Benjamin Bratt, Rick Schroeder, Daniel Day Kim, Viola Davis, very young Viola Davis. Yes. Um, Krista Miller from Scrubs and Andre Brower from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No, Captain yep. Holt. Eric McCormick. Yeah, Captain Holt. <laughs> yes, Eric McCormick. Uh, directed by Michael Solomon. He, 
he did some other. He's done a lot of directing, actually, a lot of TV directing. Okay, of, of stuff that I like. So I'm not sure what happened. Yes, yeah, so what happened? So, <laughs> so this one they move it to Utah probably because it's cheaper to film. Um, and I like the fact that they Guess. didn't they didn't just move it to Utah and still call it Arizona. <laughs> well, yeah, because <laughs> that that's often what happens, right? right? I mean, Vancouver subs in subs in for a lot of American cities. Yes, it was filmed in Canada, and it looks more like Utah, so they called it Utah. Oh, okay. Was it filmed in Canada? Yes. Oh, that makes sense. Uh. It had Aaron McCormick in it, so <laughs> he's Canadian. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, so th- this is what I would say about this one, right? It covers almost the entire book in terms of like the, the from the discovery of the, the pathogen. Right. Um, the wildfire facility, a lot of the beats about how they classified it are, are covered. A lot of the mechanism of it is, Except is, the naming. is covered. Except for the naming. Yeah. Right. Um, Failure. That was lame. <laughs> but but then it adds on a lot of things, and I you know I always say adaptation means change, right? And also, not all change is good. I did right? not like that they did not have Jeremy Stone at a dinner party. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, you can't always have people at dinner parties. <laughs> that would have fixed everything. Would have fixed everything. <laughs> yes, that would have fixed everything. <laughs> Because then he could have argued with his wife at a dinner party uh, about their son and all kind of other things and. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I yeah. watched the making of for <laughs> the miniseries, mm-hmm. and they said that one of their goals was to try and do more with it. And so the question, the the yeah, I kind of got that out of through, probably halfway through. I realized that's kind of what they were going going for. Yep. To extend it, to extend it, enhance, yeah. and and the idea for extending it was mainly you know where did Andromeda come from? Yes. And I don't think that apply that would account for the entire oh. extra two hours of content. No, because no. there's also you know the government conspiracy subplot yes right. like, so that's what they said in the in the commentary was they extended it to further explore where it might have come from uh-huh so day one was you know oh, what Jesus. is what is andromeda day two was yeah. supposed to be where did it come from okay mm-hmm. i wouldn't have guessed that based on how they ex- how they extended it <laughs> no yeah. i was thinking more lines of extending it to kind of include more of the cultural climate at the time i guess you know, because they were talking about the environment and the bacteria ended up being environmental. They killed it, killed it, and yeah, uh, you know, government black ops stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, murders yeah. and assassinations, yeah. homeland and, security. Right. So this is the thing. Like, it's pretty heavy handed about the poli- yeah. political yeah. <laughs> and and uh, social and although I could journalistic see, I could side. see the so the dude that ended up the that got like the hacked video or whatever he mm-hmm. did. Yeah. Um, like I could see. I like. I kind of like the idea of introducing that because I could totally see that happening nowadays. Like people would easily intercept government stuff and yeah. leak it. Yeah, and it'd be everywhere. Yeah. It'd be on WikiLeaks. So that'd be kind of neat to see. That wouldn't have happened mm-hmm. in the 60s or 70s, well, right? So so this is the thing. Like I always say that that uh, faithful adaptation does you can, can, can do you a favor in that we already have that one. So yeah, sure, we can take this in a different direction. They didn't really take it in that much of a different direction. It covered a lot of the same ground. And the stuff that they added, I feel like the problem with a miniseries is you might have too much time. And then you have to (laughs) fill it. Yeah. And I feel like most of the filler that they added in there didn't add anything to the story. Like, you Mm -hmm. could have gotten rid of the Eric McCormick story whole cloth and had this feature length. And it would have been fine. Like, nothing that he did really impacted the story. Yeah. One of the things that bothered me was uh, some things were just stupid. 
<laughs> you don't you don't put scientists in a confidential government facility and give them cell phones. Right. And then the second thing that you don't do right. is you don't completely cut off their internet access because you're scared about what they might say. Right. Because then they just call up to the guard station and the guard right. puts you on speakerphone <laughs> and they call out anyway. Yeah. I'm like, what in the world? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that was dumb. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, so this, this movie just reminds me a little bit of mixing the Andromeda strain with the happening, which I know you haven't seen, right? but there's, you know, the, the concept of that one is that some substance is causing humans to kill themselves, to right. go crazy and kill themselves. And that definitely does happen here. And I had mm-hmm. forgotten that that was in the book that for, for some of the people oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, who don't die immediately, it causes psychosis. Right. That was right. one thing they actually had in the miniseries that they didn't have in the movie was the cop. Yes. Yeah, I've, I had forgotten about that in the, the movie until I had saw the miniseries. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that scene was straight <laughs> out of the book. That. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't really have a place in the movie, I suppose. Well, it but it's basically telling you your quarantine didn't work. Yeah. Right. Your 30-mile yeah, yeah, yeah. quarantine right. has failed. Right. Yeah. That That is one thing that, that kind of ran common across everything, mm-hmm. that the Andromeda Strain is a, a, a story that tells us how fragile we are. Mm-hmm. And that you need to care about things like biological containment, mm-hmm. asteroid impacts, all kinds of things, because it doesn't mm-hmm. take very much to destroy the entire mm-hmm. planet. Yeah. Well, yeah, because their their um, president, who was an absolutely perfect uh, <laughs> squashing together of Clinton and W. He totally sounded <laughs> He sounded like exactly like Clinton. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then the things he said were much more W. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and, and so, I had a hard time telling whether he was Democrat or Republican. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, he, he, <laughs> they were going to be what mining deep ocean vents, right? For right. for some kind of some kind of substance, substance. Yeah. and and it it turned out, and so this is where we get back to messenger theory, right? Right. This mm-hmm. thing was, according to the two thousand eight series, sent from by us from the future, from the future to tell us right. make sure you have some humpback whales because the probes that messenger theory, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, it was yeah. it was Star Trek four, right? Yep. Yes. <laughs> um, to to tell them, hey, uh, this this pathogen will kill this thing. And it's found at the deep ocean vents or something. So I didn't get it completely. Yeah, Yeah, it was an extremophile that only lives in the vents, and so they're going to start growing it because they have they must have a sample of it at wildfire furnace. Yeah, no, they didn't have it at wildfire. They had to they had to have it sent out to them by Captain Holt. Oh, okay. And then they they grew it really quickly because they can the bed yeah quick culture growth beds or whatever. Yeah, so I did like at first I thought it was. It was a message that they were going to decode, and the and the decoding message would be, "Don't do the mining of the vents." Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? Yeah, because the, because the vents had been mined, that bacteria did not exist in the future. And when Andromeda hit them in the future, everything was dying, and so they sent this back in time in an attempt to save the planet. So they sent Andromeda back with a carrying a, a coating on it that could be decoded. It. Yeah, right. they they decoded it to save Bacillus Infernus, and then right. they they kind of. Put that together to mean but, this might be able to kill it, but if you if yeah. kind of makes me wonder that they ran out of it in the future, how did they know it was going to kill it in the first place? <laughs> yeah, maybe they had. Yeah, I don't know. Oh. I, I, so I'm I'm a little confused on what the yeah what the plot was there. Yeah, was the thing that got me was well we have time travel because mm-hmm. we can open wormholes into the past, right. right? But we can't create we can't biologically engineer an organism which acts exactly like bacillus and furnace right right and yeah. then what was the deal i never I did quite understand the deal with that symbol and oh you don't no okay it kind of looks klingon to me but other than well that. did you did you not watch all the way to the very end 
I watched all the yeah, and they store the thing up in the space station. Right. And yeah. it's that symbol. Right. And it's that number. It's that it's yeah. a symbol. Yeah. I still didn't quite Oh. That symbol was the symbol on the it's the name of the program that, that preserves the copy of the Andromeda strain. Mm-hmm. And they put it into slot with the six digit number on the International Space Station. Yeah, I got so does that mean that the space station got sucked through the tunnel wormhole or something? No, it means that's how it gets to the future. Yeah. That that's how Andromeda survives uh, into the future. Ew. Yeah. You know, it's something they talk about okay. now. Should we should we be preserving Small copies pox, of yeah. the flu, 1918 flu, mm-hmm. the Spanish flu, mm-hmm. or smallpox or measles? They, they have. They but the question yeah. is should we? Oh. oh well. Yes. Well, we're never going to eradicate eradicate any of those things because of anti-vaxxers. So, right. <laughs> Gosh, what else is bad about the movie? A lot of the things they <laughs> add like uh the added drama is stupid. Yeah. I would rather have the dinner party than the bickering wife and child. Yes. So Stone has a wife and they are separated because she needs some kind of help. And they have a stone. They have a, a son. <laughs> and yeah. Jeremy doesn't like the way that she's raising him. And the son is taking advantage of the fact that they're divorced. It's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, I'm not living with you right now. Blah, right. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and he's kind of a deadbeat dad. And he's kind of a deadbeat dad. And he may have caused the problem because he had an affair with one of his graduate assistants who yeah. is now on the wildfire project with him right. and so they have you know oh i love you so much yeah. i wish i'd left my wife for you instead of staying with her and i'm thinking <laughs> sorry lame yeah. sorry sorry about that I, I puked a little in my mouth on that yeah. one yeah <laughs> and then you've got the, the tension between the soldier and daniel day kim who's an ex-chinese right uh biological weapon scientist right don't ask don't tell don't ask, don't, well, and then, yeah, then, then he's gay, which right. I mean, doesn't really factor into the story that much. But, yeah, I know. I don't know. That's why he was single, though. Right? They also didn't need to create five characters or six characters. How many How many scientists were there? Five. Those are five? Okay. In the miniseries? Just five? Yeah. Oh, okay. So an extra one, I guess. Yeah. So there's okay. Viola Davis, Lady from Scrubs, Guy from uh, Law and Order, mm-hmm. Ricky Schroeder <laughs> from Silver Spoons, yeah. Jim and from Lost. Jim from, Jim from Lost. So yeah. Five. Okay. Who is, of course, Korean, not Chinese. But, right. Yeah. But he's Oriental and no one can tell the difference because mm-hmm. we're all uneducated. Asian. Asian, please call it. Ornamental. Ah. Ornamental. Mm. <laughs> well, so that is one thing to say. You know, yeah. the crew is much more diverse than it used to be. Mm-hmm. And where yeah. it was a big thing in the 70s to take one character and make it a woman. Right. They replaced characters wholesale in here. Yeah. You know, there was the lady oh, yeah. that was going to. I think I don't think any of them were the same except Jeremy Stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he was Hispanic. Yeah. But there was no Levitt. There was no Dutton. Levitt, whatever you Levitt. Oh, yeah. yeah. D- different names yep. altogether except for Stone, yeah. The interesting thing um, I forgot to bring up on the the other movie is in the book, everybody is kind of isolated from each other, which mm-hmm. it struck me reading it. I'm like, and they made mistakes, probably partially because they were isolated and didn't have anybody checking their work. Um, I mean, they had their specialties, right? And so right. They, were, they were multitasking. But right. I feel like the multitasking was part of the reason that screw-ups happened. Yeah. You know, if they had somebody cross-checking people. Because like, in in this one, it seemed like they had people who were in multiple disciplines. You know, they were an MD plus an mm-hmm. astrobiologist or whatever, or a microbiologist. And so in, in the 2008 one, they all worked together on the stuff pretty much at the same time. Completely skipping all with the, the ex- science. With the exception of the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah because, with the exception of the lady working with the baby in the... Right. Right. She was the, taking care of them one-on-one. Which was a baby girl in the movie. But here's the thing, right? right? In the 2008 <laughs> movie, there is so much more character drama brought in that yes. you can't have that unless they are working together. You can't have those discussions right. like, don't ask, don't tell. Yep. Right. Oh, I, you know, I wish I left my wife because of you and mm-hmm. you know all yeah. the others. But, but in the two, 1971 movie, 
it wasn't yeah, they were isolated but mm-hmm. they were they still all shared common domain knowledge the right. problem was when they worked alone they made mistakes yeah. and sometimes they right. made mistakes together because no one autopsied the rats right. to make sure that every one of them died due to lung clots versus brain clots yeah which would have helped them understand a little bit more about well no slowing it down doesn't fix it it just delays it that's one of the delightful things in the book is the the constant you know he didn't do the autopsy which would prove crucial later you know the 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 little foreboding things that ended almost every chapter it seemed like yeah the fail safe in this movie was 15 minutes instead of five because that gives you a little more time for extra drama and and removing of thumbs yes um, <laughs> I hope you got the right thumb. Yeah, yeah. So where the book and the movie were more about Hall, the miniseries is much more about Stone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They even just killed that guy off and let him go. Uh, did did yeah. you catch? Did you catch the name switch on the drunk guy? In in this in the two thousand eight series, the name switch. I didn't. Yeah. His name. His name is Kyle Tobler in the two thousand eight series. Uh-huh. But his name in the original movie and in the book, Jackson is Peter Jackson. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm like, okay, I understand why you changed that name. Sterno. Because yeah, by the time by the time 2008 rolled around, people knew who Peter Jackson was. Right. That doesn't mean you can't have characters named Peter Jackson. That has to be one of the most common names in the entire world. Yeah, but I, like, I completely understand why they would do that. Hmm. If they named a character Colin Kusky, I would love it. <laughs> you would, and we would. But even no, if I was a Sterno drinker, millions of people don't know you. <laughs> That's well, what I'm saying. True. I, I mean, due to our podcast, we're reaching at least, you know. Dozens. You know, one <laughs> one thousandth of a million or yeah. less. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, we met Michael and Phil. Yes. So. A lot of good people. Yep. And Milk. Yes. And the nice person who sent us a comment just this last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Um, in this one, Kyle, Peter Jackson. Right. Uh, <laughs> has an ulcer, you know, and, and that's part of what helps him fight things off or partially from the sterno and kind of stuff. No, but the thing sterno is, and aspirin. From the sterno and aspirin. Right. Yeah, that's right. Because I can't believe sterno is ever a thing. Although that's I don't, so terrible. people will do whatever that it is takes. nasty. Yeah. Ugh. People drink maraschino <laughs> cherry juice to get alcohol Oof. and aftershave. Mm. Yeah. Well, what's wrong with maraschino cherry juice? It's full alcohol. So, that it tastes good. <laughs> and it's not methanol. <laughs> it's not, I guess it does have that going or for ethanol. it. It's not ethanol. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. Of course, ulcers are not generally caused by that kind of stuff. Most of them are caused I, by a bacterium. But yes, this is stuff that we've learned since then. Cherry thing. I used to do that with olives. Uh, I would make dirty martinis, and with dirty martinis, you use olive juice. So oh. I would replace the olive juice that I used from the jar with vodka. To keep the juice levels in the olives to keep them under the juice so they stay. So eventually. Eventually the whole thing gets filled with vodka. <laughs> you saying all of it? <laughs> yeah. All ah. of it. <laughs> eventually I had the whole thing filled with vodka, but it still had some olives in it. And then I went on deployment <laughs> and my roommate didn't realize that I had done that. <laughs> and he went into the he went into the fridge to get olives and he drank some of the juice and <laughs> Oh wow. He's like, oh <laughs> this tastes like the martini. You must have spoiled. That's I got hilarious. back home and he's like, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> nice. I like the edit. There. I don't I don't have to bleep you now. Uh yeah. Yeah that was funny. <laughs> One thing about the miniseries I liked was that it modernized it. Yes. While I'm perfectly okay making mm-hmm. period pieces, mm-hmm. if you're going to modernize it, do it really well. And, and I think they did it well. Like, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed yeah. uh, the uh, decontamination sequences. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and the... Um, the Predators were cool, too. 
Yeah, yeah, the, the drones, the drones, drones. And, the drones, the Humvees, the like, and the, the displays that they stuff. showed, yeah. the stuff you know, they yeah. were, were and the, the not techno ASCII. paper or whatever it was when they were briefing them in the hangar. Yeah, that was yeah. really cool. That was neat. <laughs> uh, what else yeah. I like? The CGI was okay. The I C- really liked the guy chopping his head off with the chainsaw. That, that was, was fantastic. Crazy. That was pretty sweet. <laughs> I thought I remembered somebody drinking a big thing of bleach. Was that not? Maybe it was in the happening. Uh, someone pours gasoline over the themselves gasoline, and yeah. lights them yeah. on fire. Nice. Yeah. I think I'm getting yeah. them mixed up. Uh, the, the, the big swarm of birds. That well, CG that sterno was he was drinking wonky. sure looked like a whole lot of bleach. Because that's what he was doing. Mm. He was putting sterno in a thing of orange juice. Mm. Apparently, that's how you do that. I read about it. <laughs> Isn't sterno like, like the camp fuel? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you dissolve it in orange juice. And then you drink that. I looked it all up because when I was first reading it, I'm like, sterno? How do you drink Sterno? It's yeah, not it's I like mean, gel, isn't it? Yeah, it's not liquid. It's a gel. I'm mm-hmm. like, how do you drink this? And I, that's why I looked it up. <laughs> wow. Oh. That's the, everything's on the internet these days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Andromeda, as I mentioned earlier, is a story about how fragile we are. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one of the ways they break quarantine, one of the ways that quarantine gets broken is that there's a dog that leaves town. Now, Andromeda right. hadn't infected anything except for humans at that point, right. which should have been a clue to the original team in the book and in on the movie oh, and everywhere else. Which also kind <laughs> of doesn't make so sense. So the dog goes out and dies. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then there's this whole chain of events. I want to say it's yeah. like six car- six creatures long. Yeah. yeah. Well, the dog the dog actually wasn't quite dead. It was still moving and breathing when the rat when the rabbit came along. And so the rabbit and the dog exchanged air. Right before the dog then did die and the vulture came down. Yeah, and then the and snake. Like started pecking his neck. And then the rabbit goes off and gets eaten by the snake. The snake but gets chewed on by a rat. Eat, snakes eat things while they're still alive, so now they're exchanging breath. Right. And then the rat was it, the rat comes and chews on the dead. On the dead snake. Gets picked up snake. by a bird, gets dropped right. among the soldiers, and the soldiers all kill each other. But right. Except for the one guy who then drives into... But at that point, right. it should have died, though, because they had already determined previously that it, once Andromeda strain dies in its host, it doesn't. It's dead. Right. It doesn't That's, spread. Yeah, that was I had the a stupid that. part about that. Yeah. Did they talk about that in the in the two thousand eight miniseries? Yeah. Though, okay, because I know. Yeah, in the book, they're like you know, dead animals who were infected mm-hmm. by this are not a vector anymore. Right. Like you have to actually pipe in air from the yeah. satellite or whatever. Right. But in this thing, it seemed like it was still active at least for a short time after. Right. The host died. Which is non-canonical. Yeah. And sucked. Yes. So, yeah. And, and then, you know, the whole, they're going and spraying and decontaminating. I'm like, you're spraying the air where all this stuff is. Are you sure you're high enough? You know? <laughs> right. I'm like, yes, we got it. And you're like, what the hell how do you know? No, they're just, they're just killed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the whole, the whole idea that Andromeda was semi-sentient and communicating right. via itself through crystals right. was crazy. The the multiple, yeah. I, I think I counted six or seven strains because mm-hmm. it goes in the river and starts killing uh, marine life. life. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. in the end, it just starts destroying plants. Yeah. And it doesn't Everything. talk about the method, how it goes from plant to plant. It right. just just starts spreading like a, a bad color filter that somebody put on a CGI. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that <laughs> like was a wildfire. Kind of <laughs> uh, no. Oh. Yeah. Ugh, that was terrible stuff. Mm. Yeah. Did not did not buy it. Did not mm. like it. Yeah. All the all the kind of political stuff, you know, talking about homeland security, you yeah, know, yeah. hey, you know, I'm an American, you can't take me into Guantanamo or whatever. And then right. then, you know sure, the whole black bag operation. <laughs> Of it, where where Captain Holt gets shot mm-hmm. at the end. I was surprised by that. I didn't remember that. So because mm. I thought I thought he was uh, turning yeah. in the other guy. Yeah, I thought that too. <laughs> 
Anywho, it was, I don't know. It was an interesting take on the Andromeda Strain. It definitely. Yeah. More succinct ending, it, I suppose, right? Then the Andromeda Strain went away. I mean, well, besides going up in the space station. I yeah. Guess. Right. Well, and that means it has to perpetuate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so this one, like, like we've been talking about, right? Changes some things. It answers a couple questions where it's like, this is a machine, mm-hmm. not a pathogen. And that ties into our discussion with Daniel H. Wilson about the Andromeda evolution. Right. Because if you're going to do a sequel, you can, you can choose to pull on some of those threads, right? And, and decide, mm-hmm. well, what is this? Is it biological? Is it a machine? Where here it's like, it's nanotechnology. It's, or is it both? Yeah. yeah. Well, it kind of is both, right? Because it's, it's like a wrapper around right. something else. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, I have a lot of problems with the 2008 one. But on the whole, <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. It's, I mean, mm. it has a 6.2 on IMDb, which I feel like yeah. that's fair. Probably a little high. I think yeah. my, my biggest problem with it was probably just the overdramatic enhancement of the story. Yeah. I, th- I think it was a third too long. Yeah. I, I think having it, you know, two and a half hours yeah. instead of three and a half. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's do the thing. You've got the miniseries. Mm-hmm. You're going to start with Michael Crichton's work and you're going to expand it. Mm-hmm. What do you do and how do you do it so that it doesn't suck? For me, I lose the entire journalism angle. Okay. I, I don't care about that. And the rest of it, I would pretty much keep intact because I feel like it would have been tighter, and I wouldn't have wouldn't have minded it so much. So, uh, like better script, better dialogue would have been good. Better dialogue definitely would have been good. I think, like we've talked about, right, focusing a little more on the science part of it. I would have exchanged all the helped. drama for more science. Yeah, because I think they could have got really into the science given the technology now. Yeah, or well, two thousand eight even mm-hmm. versus nineteen six seventy, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. we could do a lot that more science kind of now. Yeah, yeah. It would have been neat to go more into the science and yeah. that kind of classification and all that stuff, which they completely glossed over with crappy dialogue. Yeah. So less drama, more science. Yeah. Yeah. What about the That'd military black box operate black ops yeah, operations? Too. <laughs> okay. That was dumb. I don't know. I feel like some of that was realistic, though. <laughs> yeah. 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 What about the time travel aspect? That was extremely dumb. <laughs> I mean, I guess I, this is the problem kind kind of like, um, if you've ever seen George Lucas talking to people after the first screenings that they did of the Phantom Menace when they first assembled it and he's, and he's like, it might've gone too far in a few places, but the problem is they're all so tied together that you can't just pull things out because then the other parts will fall apart too. And I feel like mm-hmm. I want to pull out the journalism stuff, but that ties into the whole, uh, black ops. event mining stuff, which ties, ties into the black ops and, and so... I'm not sure you can just, I mean, you'd have to do some rewriting, obviously, if you pulled out the journalism yeah. thing. If you wanted to stick with the deep sea vents, I'm fine with that. Yeah. And that, that fits in with the future thing. Like, hey, don't screw us. Make sure that you. <laughs> just ju- just <laughs> yeah. jettison the whole future thing. Save the whales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would much prefer Andromeda Strain actually coming from extraterrestrial versus terrestrial. Should have yeah, came yeah. from Mars. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I mean, that, that the yeah. wormhole thing came out of nowhere. Yeah. In fact, it was so, un- so impossible that the characters did not believe it. Mm-hmm. Until other until the the pathogen began to act in ways they they, they couldn't understand, right. like when it decides to reactivate the nuclear missile. There it is, right on the plane. Oh yeah, that was stupid too. Yeah. That was yeah. dumb. Yeah, <laughs> and so I, you know, myself, I look at the number of things where I said, "Oh, that was stupid." Yeah, mm-hmm. or I cannot believe that you did that. And yeah, I guess I wouldn't have mind the the black ops thing, like you were saying, because I could, like I was, I guess I said this in the beginning. Uh, I could see how that video or something would get intercepted by you know a hacker nowadays or something like that and mm-hmm. possibly leaked and there'd be some sort of black ops operation to take that guy out on the side of the road <laughs> yeah 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 did you ever uh, see the movie the core 
Oh yeah. <laughs> so, not 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 the best of movies. There are a couple of things I really like about it though, <laughs> and one of which is the government eventually hires a hacker whose sole mm-hmm. job it is to keep the core events off of the internet. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, nice. You know, so he's scrubbing social media, he's scrubbing websites so that those things never show up so that I'd people be don't panic. Surprised if they do right. that now. <laughs> and maybe they are. Yeah. This podcast will never, ever be heard. Colin works from home. You don't know what he's doing. <laughs> magnets. You can't explain magnets. <laughs> when, when I was first writing notes, I, I wrote down pretty canonical right off the brat. Right off the brat. <laughs> and then, then I wrote brat because it was a typo, but I thought it was funny. Yeah. Nice. Turns out Benjamin Brat had not been familiar with the book. Or maybe not the movie. Because hmm. he said, well, from what I understand, we're kind of taking it all from the ground up and doing it from scratch. Oh, he said no. that? Yeah. In the... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And to me, I'm thinking... Uh, I'm starting to hear 1971 sound effects. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. If yeah. you say you take an established work and start from ground zero, there's a lot of bad track record there, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the actor doesn't have to be familiar with the book, right? They have to be familiar with the script. So That's yeah. true. We finished here? Got to rank it. Got to rank it. It's not that mm, difficult. Right. I'm probably going to have to go in order. Book, movie, miniseries. I have to agree with the inestimable Mr. Ralston. Yes. Yeah. I have to. I'm not going to even try that word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> might give me epilepsy. <laughs> um, that could also be the name of the, the, yes. the, the title for the series. This, the miniseries gave me epilepsy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I got, I got to agree with you guys. I, I mean, I liked all three. The, the the miniseries didn't offend me badly. It's just that yeah. I just felt like it was too long. And like like they had because they had the longer running time, they chose to do more stuff, and I didn't like the more stuff that they did. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So coming up this week, we will be talking with Mister Wilson, and you folks will already know that because we're releasing that episode first. Yeah, hopefully. Right. Unless I get this one edited first, and then people in the Patreon feed might might listen to this one first. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> be like, wait, this is all out of order. <laughs> But I probably won't. Cause it's That's a movie I'd like to see. I'd like to see that one. Um, Andromeda Evolution. The Andromeda I think Evolution? I texted you that yesterday, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I would have rather this been made in 2008. Why didn't Wilson write this book 10 years ago? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. We needed the time travel. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because I, I, li- I, I liked his book as a sequel. I, was, I, was, you I, start- I thought he did a good job with the sequel. Yeah. You got to start working on the, yeah. the wormhole. Right. You can send send Jeez. the Andromeda Evolution back in time <laughs> yeah. to 2006 right? or so. Because that would have been cool to have them have a movie actually referencing the 70s movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah gonna... There is one thing about all these projects that I think people need to consider. And that is a line that Michael Crichton wrote. I know it's in the movie and I don't remember if it's in the book or not, which is the scientists were so concerned about if they could do something. Oh, mm-hmm. well, it's in Jurassic Park. Yes. Is yeah. it in the book too? Oh, that's too? in Jurassic Park, yeah. Oh, it's if, definitely in the movie. Yeah. yeah. So they were so concerned about if they could if do they, something. Whether they should. They, whether they should yeah. or not. That's yeah. Jurassic Park. Should we yeah. go bring bringing back samples from space, which is happening right now. Hayabusa 2 is leaving mm-hmm. asteroid Ryugu, and it's coming back to Earth. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we have a potential Andromeda situation just waiting to happen. Yep. All right. I think we're wrapped here. Okay. Yep. And then James is, James is going to be out for a while, and then we're going to do something for Christmas. Have we decided? Are we going to do the Polar Express? Oh, super short, easy one to do. Who, wait, doesn't one of us hate that movie? That would be me. Okay, that's what I thought. Don't be a Meshuggah. You gotta love it. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Save it we for got next one month. month to make an entire list of things to say to Seth. <laughs> Seth is so triggered right now. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Let's do that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and, and maybe maybe I'll watch it this time. I'll be like, you know what? Hey, I like it now. <laughs> I don't think so though. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. We'll do that. You want to bless us? I will bless us. So uh, thanks everybody for listening. Of course, if you want to support the work that we do here or uh, on my other podcasts, you can go to patreon.com slash Hugo's podcast. I think that's what it is. I sent you the link the other yeah. day, right? And uh, and you can support us there. And I'm going to start posting more stuff in the Patreon feed. Um, I realized I hadn't gotten that thing working yet. <laughs> so <laughs> some, somebody's like, hey, you should post episodes here. I'm like, yes, I should. You're so right. this one will be posted there. Um, as soon as I get it edited, I won't wait for the end of the month for yeah. the Patreon. Patrons. So, um, yeah, do that. Otherwise, uh, we'll talk to you next month mm-hmm. for Christmas. And until then, uh, may the road rise up to meet you. And remember, the important thing is that we understand. It's right out of the book. It's the oh, very end. Nice. You aren't going to wish people have abnormal blood pH? No. That's a blessing <laughs> right there. <laughs> I'm not sure it's a blessing to, to be acidotic or, or alkaline. <laughs> It keeps you alive. If it keeps you alive, then it's good. All right. Bye, everybody. Yep, yep. Uh huh. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh huh. Shall we make our cascade of mouth noises to make Seth happy? I think so. (laughs) Come on, do your predator noise. There we go. James can do the predator noise, too. (laughs) Well, welcome back. Uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah. Good stuff. Sorry. Um, that was uh, <laughs> that was one of the strains, right? There's the Andromeda stretch to avoid the Andromeda strain. Strain, yes. <laughs> okay. It yeah. didn't take long for it to be adapted. So, but on that subject, yeah. uh, it was adapted into a 1969 film. 71. Nope, 71. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> too if you get the next date wrong, we're going to make mouth noises through the entire podcast just to annoy you when you edit. <laughs> yes, <laughs> through the magic of editing, it was 1971. No, I, I, won't, I won't edit that out. <laughs> What's well, great blooper reel fodder right there? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. So let me get the good one here. <clears throat> Checking the recording. The numbers are ascending. Oh, it means we're actually recording. We haven't spent the last five minutes just yakking at each other. <laughs> well, we have, but we were also recording. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> so we have a lot of collective and individual experience with... <coughs> Sorry. Don't try and talk over that, because that's hard to edit. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I'll put that in the blooper reel, too. The blooper reel is already kind of bloated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... Eight minutes in. Right. <laughs> and we have 12 minutes of blooper reel. Yeah. <sighs> Checking the numbers. The numbers still are going up. Good. Excellent. All the lights are on. Everybody's And home. the sky is gray. Oh, sorry. No, that's... Uh, <laughs> that's the Beatles. Almost. No, it's Mamas and the Papas. California Dreaming. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Almost any little phrase can be turned into California Dreaming. If you have... <laughs> where there's a will, there's a way. Because it's a great song.